invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming, and Your Health. It's very startling today because we're thinking about the world and the planet and, and what makes our planet last for eternity for all people to enjoy and be healthy. And, and health is vital. And something I've said from the reason I have the show and it's so important to myself and the guests that we're educating you about is that you're living with the planet. It's not going to learn to live with you. Each person is an individual walking planet orbit on your own. You're like a little galaxy. Personally, the moment you were born and you entered in the air you breathe from that pocket of water, you begin to live in dry air. There is moisture in the air if it's possibly in a healthy environment, there's moisture enough to give you the organism to live and lubricate, detoxify, and give you the balancing you need to be lubricant. Now, when you're listening to the show each week, we're trying to provide you, thanks to our director, Sarah Seals, and her assistant, Bonnie Mark, to get the guests that come on and teach us more about who we are and where we're coming from and living on this earth together. It's a very exciting planet. Each year, we have grow. The world today has 6,731,398,351 people living on it, growing each week. Now, remember, growing. And the planet has 1.1 billion people in developing companies that have inadequate, safe water. And when I say inadequate, water, that means that a lot of countries are having to live with the fact that they don't have good sanitation. The pipes are maybe not healthy. They're afraid to drink the water because of what? We've got to drink the water every day by 10 to 12 glasses of water. And then you must have sanitation available to you to fight disease. And that is a must. So as you're listening to the show and we're listening each week, about what our guests are trying to teach us. And remember, they're the best of the best. I'm very prejudiced. I think they're the best because they're taking time away from their everyday life to try to help us from how busy. They're very busy people, but they're going to teach us something. Now, today we have, from the March of Dimes in Portland, Oregon, some education that we're going to be listening to. And then when after, that's our first guest. Our second guest is going to come from uh, the Basin National Park in Nevada. We're going to learn more about the earth and its uh, nature there in Nevada. Uh, before we go to the March of Dimes, we'll listen to our sponsor uh, with Biologic Aqua Research Centers, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an all-natural benefit for dry eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back with the March of Dimes in Portland, Oregon. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. I want 
to welcome you to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, and today we have Michelle Larson, uh, who is uh, the State Communications Director for the Marta Dimes in the Portland, Oregon chapter. Are you there with us, Michelle? I am. Good morning. Well, I want to thank you uh, for joining us, and then you also have Joanne uh, Rogove there in Portland with you, and Dr. Richard Lowenson, who is with you, whose doctor is a retired parentologist. Uh, you want to, everybody, are you there? Joanne and Dr. Lawrenson, are you there? Yes, we yes, are. We are. We're doing kind of a little voice test because I know you're sharing a speaker phone. And, um, and as long as, if you hear me well, um, then we can begin uh, with our questions. You're, you're in Portland, Oregon, and you're all with the March of Dimes. Tell us about the March of Dimes. Which one of you will begin? I'll begin. This is Michelle. And the March of Dimes is a wonderful uh, nonprofit health organization, and we uh, have a mission of increasing the health of all babies by preventing birth defects, premature birth, and infant mortality. So now the March of Dimes is, and you know, it's a household name, the March of Dimes. Now, but the March of Dimes, for our audience all over the world to listen to, in America and throughout the world, is uh, it's a research organization for the better health of babies or all toddlers, uh, toddlers too, or all children? Uh, actually, mothers and infants. Mothers and infants. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your, your organization is primarily focused on the mother and the infant. Correct. Okay. Now, what about the, prima- the baby before it's born? Is it the mother and her pregnancy, too? Yes, we focus on preconception health, okay. prenatal health, and postpartum health. Okay, for the rest of the world to hear. Now, are you all over the world? We are basically um, a United States organization. Okay, in Portland, Oregon, which is in northern Oregon and the west coast. Yes. Okay. Okay, and, uh, in how, and well, I always like to get to know the people who are doing it. Michelle, how long have you been with the March of Dimes? I've been with March of Dimes about eight months now. Okay, Joanne, how long have you been with the March of Dimes? I have been with the March of Dimes 28 years. And Dr. Lowenson, how long have you been working with them? I've been working with them about 20 years. All right. So, and, and Michelle is your communications director. She's your person to make sure everybody's understanding your organization. Okay, I wanted to ask you then, we'll start out with... Uh, uh, Joanne, Joanne, when you began with the March of Dimes, uh, what have you learned uh, that is a focus here in Oregon and throughout the United States as a primary number one educating focus that you want your listeners to hear? Um, what I learned over the years is that we need to start with a with a healthy woman um, in order to have a healthy pregnancy. Okay, let's say you're dealing with an individual who probably wants to be healthy. Do you offer uh, directions for her to go to, to, for a better health program while she's pregnant? Absolutely. And, again, it starts in the preconception um, period before pregnancy occurs, even in um, adolescence. We talk about um, healthy nutrition, um, the need for folic acid prior to pregnancy, um, exercise, uh, weight control, um, alcohol and substance abuse and smoking, uh, avoiding that before you become pregnant. 
Now, before we go on to Dr. Lowenson, um, let's say, what is your program at the March of Dimes to get into the schools? We offer um, education material to schools. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that they, that they work with in the health education school, the classes in health education? I guess those are usually in the gym classes. They have health education, I'm assuming, uh, and I'm hoping. Uh, and so rather than just the literature being handed out, is there a class that the, behind the literature? Um, our, our literature is, and curriculum is used by teachers within their program. And you make sure they're using it? We offer it to them. So you don't, ha- you don't have any jurisdiction or any uh, methods of making sure that they do more than just hand it out? No. Okay. Okay. May I ask you um, why that is? Um, now, I'm going to come back where I'm coming from a little bit with my field and my studies for all these years. Um, I've been in the field of research of hydrotherapy, water therapy, the dehydration of the body, hydration for almost 30 years of research, um, understanding what's happening to live with the globe, but also what stress causes on the body and each symptom is a dehydration symptom. Uh, what happens in those health education classes that you've learned in school that they couldn't be, te- take open up a brochure and begin to teach the girls how important it is for them to know how to be healthy before they get pregnant? Is there anything other than just the brochure? We have online um, material um, and curriculums for, that teachers can use to incorporate so it's all a volunteer. In other words, if you want to do it, you can do it, but there's nothing that's giving you the education uh, of memory to get you to take more intrigue to learn more other than the brochure going online. Right. We have no jurisdiction over the education system. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd use the word jurisdiction, but I was just trying to wonder. Uh, I used to be president of the American Cancer Society years and years and years ago. I'm 67 almost. And uh, I would go into the school systems, and I would be, I set up there on the state board, um, health education, on making sure that people took it serious to get the, the movies. We had movies in those days. That's my aging. Uh, and the brochure was opened up, and, and people would be very much educated. Uh, my big deal was education, and um, I'll call it proactive today, uh, education on making sure that they would remind them to do it. Um, Dr. Lowenson, where are you coming from with this, with your background? You probably, with all these years, you probably wish you could go in and say, would you on your teaching agenda and health education classes make sure this isn't forgotten and that you open the brochure and have a class on it? Well, it would be wonderful, although I'm sure <laughs> you know the best way to, to get across to teenagers anyway. As you know, teenagers are immortal, and they they – they really take most of what we say with a grain of salt. So our goal is to try and hit them from many different angles through the community and hope we can make it their value to eat well and exercise and pay attention to what their risks are. Do you think that it's possible, uh, doctor, um, and then remember I have my own medical team and things I do, but is it possible, like we're doing with our education, with what we do, to go into the schools at a younger age and create an excitement with a film and an excitement with healthiness and excitement with attitude and proactive consciousness of wanting to do, to take better care of yourself younger than waiting for them to be immortal. <laughs> I like what you said, but uh, getting them younger? Well, I, 
early education is not my specialty. I, okay. I can cheer you on, but okay. uh, having raised teenagers myself, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a little skeptical. All right. Okay. So what is the success of the March of Dimes in Oregon? How, what, what have you been learning? We uh, focus our programs on um, research, um, education, both uh, professional education and public health education, uh, community services, which are um, grants to community agencies, mm -hmm. and we also um, do advocacy work. Um, we know that women do better if they have access to health care. Um, so we advocate for increasing access to health care for low-income women who are pregnant. Mm -hmm. So you're, what are you finding uh, with the low-income women? Are they, uh, you find they think less about taking better care of themselves than the people who are actually, let's say, um, not low-income? Um, in other words, um, there, the, uh, are there just as many people out there in our, in our country or our state that are forgetting to take good care of themselves, thinking they might get pregnant, than there are not depending upon how much money they make, let's say? It has no relationship to income level. Thank you. That's what I'm after. Yeah. In other words, it's kind of across the board that people forget. Right, and I, I think, uh, well, if we look at birth defects, you know, they, there's no discrimination. Exactly, exactly. Who's going to have a child with, with a congenital anomaly? It isn't always a question of forgetting. Sometimes it's a question of opportunity. Yeah. Not everybody can afford. Traditionally, it's, it's been harder to get fresh fruits and vegetables on a, a tight budget. Now, what about the public assistance programs that the United States offers and people can go get food stamps and public assistance money, uh, this public assistance money greater than anywhere in the world? Uh, are, is that still a very, uh, is that very commonly educated to people when they become pregnant and they don't have a lot of money? Certainly. We have the WIC program. That okay. Yeah. That's what I'm after. I'm after you hear that. So, so there's a WIC program that's offered to um, women. And, and the WIC program is changing with the times. They're looking at uh, more fresh fruits and vegetables being put on the voucher as uh, food that's available to purchase um, with the WIC vouchers. Mm -hmm. So it's, they're looking at more um, fresh fruits, vegetables, healthier foods. Okay. So they're, they're learning a little bit more about nutrition. Absolutely. Okay. And, Paying more attention to it and making it available to uh, families that traditionally would not uh, avail them avail themselves to, to fresh fruits and vegetables and dark green vegetables. And the Dr. Lawson um, on there, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you to a question. <laughs> do you have do you you three can tell me is there a large glass of water on there that they must have a lot of water? There's a large glass of water in front of I each of us. Today. I know. Do they? Does it say on there? Drink ten to twelve glasses of water. Yes, it talks about hydration. But it does it say water? It, it includes water. Because you know what we're finding in our research is they think that a tea with water, uh, juices have water. They're not thinking just water. Um, is it? Do they say anything on there that you must drink 100% water? Or does it just say hydration? No, it, it mentions water. Okay. Six to eight glasses. Yeah. 
Um, I'm the founder of Save a Child's Life Foundation to recognize melanoma in children and um, because of the dehydration effects of life and growing in the skin and eyes getting melanoma and the skin. And, and we were shocked at how many organizations don't really stress with young children from the beginning of their life to the parents to make sure they're drinking 100% water and learning to like the flavor, uh, taste of it, drink it, not with juices, not with um, anything else, but just plain water. So that's why I asked. Um, Doctor, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that our listeners should be aware of that when you find out you're pregnant, what is the f- uh, you're wanting them to start getting the vegetables? Dar- and by the way, our team all across the country all say dark green vegetables, not just lettuce, but dark vegetables. Um, how do they eat those things if they're running around and they're busy working? Uh, do you have any ideas how they could do that? Because if they're eating out or they're going home, they're taking to the work, they, uh, how do they get that uh, diet in them if they're a busy working person? Well, even fast food restaurants these days have options now that include healthy vegetables and, and fruits. Um, and basically we try to teach people about food choices. Mm-hmm. Can, you can cut up vegetables and put them in a little little Tupperware container and have them with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's lots of options like that. Uh-huh. Now, um, I'm wondering, um, let's say a woman, any woman, I, I'm not going to go by income. I, I'm, I'm tired of that today. Uh, I'm just tired of it. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you, in all the world that I've studied, this, there's no country in the world that offers more public assistance to people who need it and get it easier than anywhere in the world, cash in their hands and food and even paying their rent. Um, so let's just go all, all, all women, uh, females, who are finding out they're, gonna be, they're pregnant. Um, do you, what do you do to stress to them on their appointments, not to miss the appointment, and in between the appointments to maybe bring in um, a little piece of paper to give the doctor, uh, doctor, you can probably answer this, a little bit of overview, what they have been doing and maybe what they hadn't done. Is there anything going on like that? I'm, I'm sorry, what they've Well, for example, when they, in between their appointments, let's say they go to their first appointment and they, and they find out they're pregnant, and then to keep up with their appointments and make sure that in between the appointments they're learning more about their nutrition and their diet, I mean their nutrition and what exercise, and, and stress has a lot to do with their uh, attitude as a pre- new pregnant mother, too. The attitude is vital. Is there anything that they're in between there they're taught how to do besides just the food, exercise? Is there anything in there that they're taught how to keep an accounting of besides just in their mind? Is there any booklet uh, besides the brochure? Mark of Dimes puts out, um, it's a kind of a pregnancy guide um, women can take to each prenatal appointment. Um, on a first prenatal appointment, the provider will do a, a health history okay. over um, kind of all material, um, family history, your past health history, your past pregnancy history, um, to get some idea of, of where the woman's coming from. And then throughout pregnancy, um, we have a journal that women can take to each um, prenatal appointment um, and and discuss issues that, that come up with their provider. And maybe keep her own little diary so she's Absolutely. learning a lot as she goes. And that's something I've really been... Um, 
trying to do, Joanne, with what I do out there is keep a diary of your daily eating and, and your digestion and, and your uh, exercise so you don't forget because we're, all, we're human. We're not robots. And, and um, another thing on each prenatal visit, um, a, a lot of healthcare providers will use a brief intervention um, model for smoking cessation. Okay. So that, that's something if a woman is smoking during pregnancy, it um, has been proven that the, the 5A's model, uh, which is every time you encounter uh, a woman at her appointment, you, you talk about um, smoking cessation and ways to do that and offer resources to the family. And I'm going to add a little something that might be part of this for all of you. You know, if a person decides they want to get pregnant and they want to have a baby, stop smoking. We're not a smokestack and uh, the baby would be affected. And a dehy- smoke uh, causes a dehydration of the body. The body is made up of over tw- 50 trillion cells. And uh, if you're smoking and the body is absorbing that smoke in through the mouth, in through the lungs, that's going to affect your baby. So uh, the very important thing is if you decide you ch- to choose to get pregnant, stop smoking. Um, and start a routine with your diary to learn more about um, how to take better care of yourself because of that beautiful, beautiful thing you're carrying there called nature. All right. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and then we'll come back, and you tell me and our audience some of the challenges you've had and some of the uh, pregnancies of people that have had unhealthy pregnancies, how they've handled them, and to babies being born with uh, challenges of their health. We're going to listen to our sponsor, uh, Nature's Here's Eye Mist for Dry Eyes, and we'll be right back and get some of those questions answered. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Karen Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water and Your Health and This Earth. Uh, we are talking today with Michelle Larson, who is the State Communications Director for the March of Dimes in Portland, Oregon, and she's brought to our show with her today as guests, Joanne Rogove, I'm sorry, Joanne in Portland, who's the State Director of Program Services, and Dr. Richard Lowenson, who is a retired parentologist. Um, before we took our moment here, uh, with our sponsor, we were talking about some of the things that, about the eating right and and how to and certain things you'd be t- uh, learning to do if you know you're going to be if you're going to have a baby or be pregnant, and it's been announced you're going to have a baby. Um, things that they're learning how to take better care of themselves because they're carrying a beautiful, beautiful nature uh, within them. Uh, giving birth to the most beautiful thing on earth is the perfect baby. Um, and I'm gonna, you're going to laugh when I say this, the three of you. There's no child that is not perfect to me. They're all perfect, and uh, there's nothing imperfect about them. I don't care if they had a temper tantrum. They're perfect. So the baby is born, they're perfect. And uh, let's talk about making them healthier. 
what, what have you been learning is happening today that some of the things that we around the world should be learning? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that uh, older women have higher risks of, of chronic disease going into pregnancy. And this is also important to remember is that 50% of pregnancies are unplanned so that if you're a woman of childbearing age, you should be focusing on, on the things that you can do to make your life and your body healthier uh, in preparation for that possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they're unplanned, um, um, and 50% are unplanned. Yes. Is that because of the, somebody mentioned to me the other day that a lot of people are getting pregnant taking birth control pills and taking them regularly, nothing what, what, is, what do you think is happening? Uh, what is the, one of the reasons that 50% are unplanned? Is well, there any particular I think, point? I think that's actually bad information about the birth control pills. Okay. There are certainly failures on birth control pills, but they're extremely rare. Okay. Okay, so that is rare. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. I think that, that in general... Uh, birth control has remained a responsibility for the woman rather than for the man mm-hmm. uh, in that condoms have a, a significant failure rate. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's difficult to maintain a consistent regimen of, of any kind of, of treatment for, for all human beings. We are all human. Uh, and then there are people who don't think they are at risk for pregnancy and aren't, aren't using protection all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, when uh, what have you been? What have you been finding? Your primary uh, investment has been, let's say, uh, when you're donating to certain uh, needs. What is the primary uh, thing that is happening out there that you're uh, with babies that are born? Uh, you've got here premature. Is that a very common thing today? That babies. That's the most common thing is babies are born premature. In Oregon, one in ten babies are born preterm. Okay. And, and that's, Oregon is doing really pretty well. On the national level, it's one in eight. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of babies. That's over 4,800 babies in Oregon are born before 37 weeks completed gestation. They have a lot, they can have a lot of health problems that last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. The frustrating thing is that that rate, although it's, it's gotten slightly better in Oregon, Nation, nationally, it's actually increased in the last 10 years mm-hmm. instead of decreasing. Mm-hmm. And, Doctor, what do you think is, uh, the, uh, what is behind a baby being premature? Is, I mean, can you pinpoint one, two, three, four different ideas that might be, just ideas for well, people to think I about? I can pinpoint a number of different ideas. Okay, let's do that. Uh, but before I do, I should point out that 50% of, of the premature births happen without our having a clue as to why they've happened. Okay, okay, we'll go those 50%. But what are the rest of the idea clues? Well, amongst the others, there's a higher rate amongst uh, women who have multiple pregnancies, and there's a higher rate of multiple pregnancies because of artificial methods of reproduction. Okay. There's a higher rate amongst older mothers. There's a higher rate amongst uh, teens, and there's a significantly higher rate amongst those who get poor prenatal care. Okay. Okay. Now, what about we have so much virus going around, Doctor, because uh, viruses can take you into early um, birth because there's so much. I mean, it seems like here in the United States we're having flu year-round. I don't know how old you are. I'm almost 67, but we never used to get the flu but just certain times of the year. Now, P- 
people are getting the flu all year. Well, I'm just about as old as you are, but uh, viruses are really not a major cause of prematurity. Okay. Uh, there are some bacterial infections that, okay. that are known to cause premature labor, okay. and there's an association between some bacterial infections in the vagina mm-hmm. and prematurity, although we're not sure whether this is cause and effect or whether this is just a marker. Okay. What do you think is the most important thing today that we should be discussing so that you can carry on here? Um, uh, I can ask questions all day. I, children, to me, are the most wonderful the world out there. We big people, I call us. I don't even know sometimes if we call us adults. Are we the best example to the children, um, uh, to good attitude? I've learned, Dr. and uh, Michelle and Joanne, that your attitude is their number one whole health. How do you accept life around you, your attitude. That's your stress. Uh, that's a dehydrating drainage. The rest of it comes. Um, what are you learning that you would like to teach us around the world about what the March of Dimes has been doing here in Oregon that you're really excited about? We have, have helped fight to increase access to prenatal care around the state because we think early and consistent prenatal care is crucial to a good pregnancy outcome. We've helped with improving nutrition options for pregnant women because we think that's very important. We've helped support efforts to, for smoking cessation in the state amongst women of childbearing age because we think that's important. Um, and I think those are, those are really you, the, the key things. What about drugs and alcohol? Absolutely. Uh, actually, I consider cigarettes as, as one of, in that category. So, but uh, alcohol and other drugs are, drugs. are significant problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very significant. And we have certainly been involved in helping to support women who are abusing substances because it's my experience, and I think that of the March of Dimes, that substance-abusing women become pregnant. Pregnant women don't start abusing substances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, what are some of the supplements uh, that people, can, women can take once they find out they're pregnant? Uh, I'm talking about some of the nutritional supplements, not just the food you eat and the fruits and so on, and the exercise and drinking a lot of water is the least expensive, most vital part of it uh, to keep hydrating because the baby's taking up the water and that. The reason that we have that water bag, doctor, is because we've been, we've been supplementing with water in the body and, and storing it to protect that baby and give it what it needs so the mother isn't going to get as much water uh, through her body as she did when she was just on her own. Uh, what, do you, what do you recommend, doctor, for supplements for the, our audience to think about? Most important supplement starts before pregnancy. Women who are at risk for pregnancy should be taking folic acid. And that, unfortunately, you can't get enough from your diet, even with dark green leafy vegetables. Uh, you can for a lot of women, but there are women who have an enzyme deficiency, and it's really too expensive for us to test all women to find out which ones are at risk. So you, every woman needs to be taking folic acid. Uh, you need now, what kind of milligrams should they be taking there? Well, the official recommendation is 400 micrograms. Okay, 400 micrograms, and that's the uh, across the board. In other words, in anyone going in to buy folic acid, be 400 micrograms. However, uh, there actually is data that shows that you get an even better response uh, up through, actually through 10 milligrams a day. 10, okay. 
so that it, you can take more, but a four, 400 micrograms or 0.4 milligrams is the recommended standard dose for all women in the United States. Okay, is there another supplement that you would recommend um, in the vitamins? Once you're pregnant, then that needs to go up to a milligram a day. Okay. Folic acid for all pregnant women. Mm -hmm. um, prenatal vitamins are probably fine. The most crucial thing besides folic acid is iron. Okay. Uh, and actually the remainder of what's in prenatal vitamins is probably a good thing, although most of them haven't been studied well. Supplements of vitamin A are a bad idea in pregnancy. Okay, there we go. You're finding out some that are not as good. So vitamin A you're not recommending at all. Well, there's a little bit in prenatal vitamins. But I don't mean that. I just meant taking it on its own. Right, right, do not. Okay. So you're recommending folic acid, then you're recommending iron. Now, what would be the milligrams and the iron, and would it be a tablet or a capsule? What, how would it, what would you recommend? Oh, it's usually a, a tablet, and it's uh, basically for the, the cheap ones are just as effective as the more expensive ones, but uh, people sometimes get an upset stomach, mm -hmm. and that's related to the total amount of iron they take, not which type of iron. So mm -hmm. uh, just ferrous sulfate, 300 250 or 300 milligrams is an adequate pill and uh, one to three times a day in addition to a prenatal vitamin. Mm -hmm. You know, Subra has something about the word upset stomach. Uh, what do you, uh, let's get into that real quick. We have a lot of gals out there, women, who when they're first pregnant, they have that morning sickness that lasts sometimes four months. What do you recommend for morning sickness? Well, they're really sick. Right. The first thing is the good news is that actually women who have morning sickness statistically have have slightly better pregnancy outcomes than women who don't. I'll explain that. Well, uh, it doesn't mean you should worry if you don't, but it probably is related <laughs> to the fact that this is from a hormone made by the placenta. Okay. A better implantation, a, a good healthy pregnancy increases the level of those hormones and not all women are going to react to it and get mm -hmm. morning sickness, but if you do, that's basically a sign that you've got a good placenta putting out a lot of hormone. I see, because so, it's overworking, it's really working to get caught up. Well, it's, right, it's doing what it has to do, which okay. is very rapidly. Okay, and then what do you recommend they uh, eat when they're mor the morning sickness? Because I had a secretary who, uh, when she got pregnant, she was absolutely every single morning, uh, and we're both in the same office at the time, and she had to continually be eating something to keep that nausea from having to think she was going to uh, vomit. <laughs> and uh, what do you recommend they eat during that period of time and how often? Well, my usual recommendation is when you first wake up in the morning before you even lift your head off the bed, have a dry saltine cracker or a Zwieback toast at the okay. bedside and just munch on a piece, and then when you get up, have a cup of tea. What, uh, kind of, what kind of tea? I don't have a preference. You don't have a, you don't have a particular one. It's any tea? No. Would it be weak tea, or uh, what kind of strength? Because, you know, people think about that nowadays. Well, I'm not sure that I know of, a, of any specific thing in pregnancy where I would tell them one. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And then if, how often would they be eating or doing that? Would it be about every hour, two hours to keep it settled? I think that's up to the individual in terms of how okay. it works. So go by your own, what you think you need for your own uh, instincts of what, might, what is working for you. Right. 
Right. It's not active. pregnant women to lose a little weight in the first couple of months of pregnancy, and this has no, no impact on the outcome of the pregnancy. Oh, good. That was good to hear, too, because I've heard of that, too. Okay. Now, on the exercise, what if a woman is a ma- in a manufacturing situation? Uh, is she, uh, is, what is she could she be concerned about? If, let's say she's having to stand up all day, and she isn't sitting down very much, but she's pregnant. Um, what do you? What would you recommend? That's a good question. Uh, there, there really aren't any studies that show that that most women have a problem doing this during pregnancy mm-hmm. until you get near the end. Okay, and it's like a waitress. You know, we've got people who are working, and they need to be working because they have to put beans on the table, and women can have to continue to work. And yet they're pregnant, and they're allowed to be pregnant and work today. That's why I asked about that. Right, they're more than allowed. There's no no option for someone to pay them if they don't work. So right. they work or they don't eat. Right, Joanne, did you want to have a something to say before we um, finish today? Is there something you'd like to add to the world to hear what Portland, Oregon, and what you're doing for Oregon, and the March of Dimes, what you're doing to raise funding and Absolutely. I would like to encourage people to log on to marchofdimes.com and sign the 2008 petition for preemies. We are um, advocating for more research dollars to go into um, prematurity-related research. We are advocating for access to health care coverage for pregnant women. Um, we are advocating um, for hospitals to look at doing a voluntary review of their C-sections. Um, and we are advocating for businesses to be more uh, of a friendly workplace to support maternal and infant health. So that would be marchofdimes.com and sign the petition for preemies. Okay. And then, uh, Michelle, is there something you'd like to say? as their communicator to, for the education side, is there something very important that you've had in the works that you wanted people to be educated about? Sure. Um, November is Prematurity Awareness Month, mm-hmm. so um, we'd like people to think about prematurity in the month of November. And, in fact, to help that discussion among um, our society, we'll be releasing on November 12th, which is Prematurity Awareness Day, a report card which grades the nation and each state individually on um, prematurity. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be able to find those results of how the, how the nation ranks or rates and how each state um, is graded and how they rank among each other. Mm-hmm. If you look at marchofdimes.com on November 12th. Now, do you have a particular time of year that you do your um, fundraising throughout the United States? All year long. All year round. So it's not one particular week or day. It's all year round. Our, our largest fundraiser is the March for Babies, and that happens um, depending on the state and the weather, um, April through, uh, yeah, the last Saturday in April in, in the state of Oregon. But other states that have colder or warmer weather, mm-hmm. it, it um, adjusts a little bit. Now, when you say March for Babies, is that a walkathon, or is that something, what does that mean? Yes, it is a walkathon. Okay. And it's, uh, we have a 10K and a 3K, mm-hmm. which is um, great for families who are bringing small children along that can't walk. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Gets the family out to think about somebody else. That's right. About those perfect people called children. <laughs> well, I want to thank you. Uh, I'm sure you were told I'm in southern Oregon. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of fun to bring somebody from Oregon into the show this week. 
Um, and I will uh, thank you for all that you're doing on behalf of all of us throughout the planet and this world to make it better for children and their mothers and their families and their fathers. Um, you're, you're dedicated, you're committed, and your voices, I could tell you, have a lot of passion there, and that's what it's all about. I want to thank you, Michelle, Joanne, and Dr. Lowenson for joining us and, thank you. Uh, with your cause. And if you ever need any help, give us a call. Thank okay. you. Okay, you have a very special day up there in Portland, Oregon. Thanks, you as well. Okay, thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, those children bring tears to our eyes. Think about it. They're needing us to be taking care of ourselves prior to being pregnant. I need you to know, when I found out that I was pregnant with my first child, Julia, I started studying every book there was. I couldn't believe I was going to give birth to a baby. So I went out and learned everything I could learn within possible about the nutrition and and how to laugh and how to sing and and think about the... uh, uh, that when the baby has a tooth coming and all these things that you think about, how exciting it is to be given that opportunity to give birth to something and give God this gift on earth with a new baby. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back in a moment with Andy Ferguson from Baker, Nevada, and talking about the Great Basin National Park in Nevada. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, a natural method of moisturizing your eye. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. to the Sharon Klein Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health, and what about our earth, the health of our earth and our, le- our education. Andy, are you with us? I'm with you. Good morning. Well, good morning. I hope you're doing well over there in Baker, Nevada. It's a beautiful day here. Blue oh. skies, fall, great day. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was thinking this weekend, uh, we're having a beautiful weather here in southern Oregon, and I know it has to start raining, and absorb into the earth the hydration that is so important to make the earth a healthier place to be but this fall has just been um, a menu so it sounds like you're having a beautiful menu over there today it's it's the perfect day it's the the best kind of day to be out in the park and and not sitting here at a desk (laughs) smelling the fragrance of the forest and Tell us about uh, Basin National Park in Nevada. How long have you been there, you, you personally? Well, I've been at uh, Great Basin for about six months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came from Ohio ah. uh, on the, the Great Lakes, a little oh. uh, monument called Perry's Victory and International Peace Memorial. It's a War of 1812 park, but mm-hmm. uh, when you have a chance to go from 25 acres to 77,000, you oh, don't my goodness. up those kind of opportunities. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so tell us about uh, your park uh, there in Nevada. 
Um, now, do, do, is it a tra- tremendous amount of lakes? And I notice you have glaciers. And tell us what, what makes it so unique for you. Well, uh, Great Basin, uh, here we tell the story of, uh, or try to tell the story of the whole Great Basin, which spe- stretches from the Sierra Nevada to the Wasatch in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, but the park itself uh, sits mainly in the Snake Valley Range, so it's mm-hmm. up in a mountain. We kind of look down onto uh, the Snake Valley, and uh, it's it's Pinyon Juniper is what I'm looking out to now, but it mm-hmm. it rises up to Alpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the second tallest peak in the state of Nevada. That's Mount Wheeler. Now, on the other side of Mount Wheeler, is that Nevada? The I mean, park, not, I, I'm sorry, in Utah? Uh, the park is entirely in Nevada. Okay. We, I, I am looking out into Utah right now from my office. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was just in Utah. I beg your pardon? I was just in Utah in an area in southern Utah, well, where the, all the ski resorts and all that is at. Um, now, uh, and I noticed the mountains, and uh, so you're there looking out toward uh, Utah as you sit there. We have yes, and and we have 28 miles of streams here in the park. You you mentioned lakes. There are um, several uh, Alpen lakes. Mm-hmm. There is uh, a glacier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not your typical glacier. It's a rock glacier. Mm-hmm. So there are rocks that are continually moving down the mountainside. Okay, let's let's explain that because we've got the world listening. Um, All right. So let's picture you're sitting in this beautiful. National Park in Nevada, and you've got these huge, uh, over. Uh, did you say how many acres are there? 77,000 acres. 77,000 acres, mm-hmm. and you're looking out at a lot of rock peaks, or are there trees on the, pe- on the, on the, uh, see, I'm in, Mount, I'm in Oregon, we've got a lot of trees. All right, well, let me describe but, so it you, to you. Okay, expl- and give us a vision, paint our picture. I'm actually, uh, my office is at about 7,000 feet. Your so, office is at 7,000 feet? Yes. Oh, I, I envy you. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking out over a pinyon juniper forest, and above me then we have uh, a forest that rise up to where there is no vegetation at 13,000 feet, 13,060. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where at 10,000 feet is about where you would find that glacier that I mentioned. Okay. And it's, it's very rugged. It's... Uh, uh, you would want to picture a very stark uh, granite uh, uprise, and it's just as um, picturesque as can be, especially this time of year with the fall colors. They're starting to fade now. Oh, my gosh, the colors. Oh. The yellows and the, the reds, it was just oh, glorious. Yes, yes. Now, when you mentioned the word granite, and you were telling us how the glacier, uh, they're moving, the rocks are moving, is that because it's granite? The rocks are actually moving because there is, uh, it's in a kind of a little bit of a valley, and and actually there's there's more than one, but the most pronounced one is in a little bit of a valley, mm-hmm. where the rocks continually move down because there is snow and and ice underneath, and they keep the rocks uh, with the force of gravity uh, trying to go lower. Okay. Now, when are you going to be having snow there? We've already had our first little snowfall. It amounted to a couple of inches, mm-hmm. and we had to close our scenic drive for a couple of days, but it's wide open right now, and, and people can go up to 10,000 feet and mm-hmm. enjoy a nice hike at that elevation. They can go up and take a look at our 
um, 5,000-year-old bristlecone pines. Mm-hmm. How beautiful. Now, um, how, how deep does the snow get there uh, before the year is over? You know, I'm a, I'm a poor one to ask because okay. I haven't been here for the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm told that at this elevation, about 7,000 feet, that we get um, two, three feet. Okay. Now, now, that's nothing like you might expect in the Sierra Nevada, but we're in a rain shadow over here. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of influence coming in because it's, you're, you're bordering through the Nevada mountains and uh, the Utah mountains. And do you have some other mountains with some influence like the Colorado mountains? Well, actually, Nevada is the most mountainous state uh, in, in the Union. Okay. And uh, it has a chance then to lose a lot of the moisture coming across uh, one of the passes on our way to Ely, which is our closest okay. shopping, about uh, 60 miles away, mm-hmm. is actually taller than Donner. And, What's and the highest know, mountain in Nevada, then? Uh, that would be the uh, Boundary Peak. And How that's high over, is that? That's about another 100 feet taller than uh, Wheeler, which make it, uh, and I'm just guessing here, about uh, 13,200. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, so, uh, and then you have caves. You have some, it's called the Lehman Caves? We do. We have about four, we have four separate cave systems here in the park, uh-huh. but the one that the visitors uh, have found enjoyable, uh, that this was actually created as a monument in 1922, mm-hmm. and people have been going down in the caves since uh, the 1880s. How big are the caves? Well, it takes... Uh, it, we have a 60-minute tour and a 90-minute tour, oh. uh, which is uh, lighted and guided, oh. and people just, they'll see things in there. It's, it's glorious. You'll have to come take a look at now, it. Now, what okay. kind of rock is in there? It's limestone. Limestone. And all of the formations that you might expect, stalactites, stalactites, what we call philiotherms, mm-hmm. are very prevalent. And we have a, a rather unique one that are called... Um, Oh, excuse me for just a second. Uh-huh. We'll come back to it. All right. So, uh, do you have any water, any streams? That are, is it just? Uh, is there anything in there that you can hear the trickling of the water uh, when you're walking through? Uh, give us an idea of your the what we would vision. Well, um, you would you would go in. We've actually changed out the lights in the last year or so, and so the colors are truer to what you would see. And, Mm-hmm. Depending on what mineralization has come through mm-hmm. as the cave was being formed, you'll see various colors. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there are no streams. Uh, there, you'll hear the occasional drip. Okay. There are pools. Pools. And it's, um, it's a wonderful experience as you go down through there and you get a sense of uh, they actually turn off the lights as they do in many caves tours, and you get a sense of what it's like to be in total darkness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's uh, just a, a real, uh, oh. people love the cave. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, um, how many tourists do you have coming through the caves each year? Do you have a statistic on that? Um, we, at the park, uh, see anywhere from eighty to 90,000 visitors a year, uh-huh. but not all of them visit the cave. Of course it is. That's more on the order of about... Uh, Thirty-five to 40,000 a year. Oh, my. But if you come in January, you can pretty much have a cave tour all to yourself. Oh, really? But do you, are you allowed to go into a cave without a guide? No. Okay. Uh, we would, but we will have guides for you, and uh, we are open year-round. The only days that we are closed are Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Okay. Now, do you have to, uh, lodges there? 
There are uh, places to stay down in Baker. Okay. And uh, there's also uh, there are restaurants down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better to call ahead, especially during the winter months, to make sure that uh, mm-hmm. things are available because um, it's a seasonal business. Now, is there a website for them to go to? Uh, because we just discussed that they could come and, and be uh, a tourist and places to stay. But what's the website that they would come to to learn that? Well, uh, I would suggest... Oh, you've got on here uh, www. N like in Nancy, P like in Peter, S like in Sally, dot, gov, asterisk, G-R-B-A. Is that about right? That's a great Self-snake day. Range. That's correct. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, re- okay. So it's www. N like in Nancy, P like in Peter, S like in Sally, dot, gov, asterisk, G-R-B-A. That's correct. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they can find if they decide to get there's I think people from around the world that listen to the shows, if they're intrigued enough, they'll go and look at different places that they'd like to visit or people in the United States uh, think they know quite a bit, but all of a sudden they'll hear about something they hadn't thought about. And that's what gives you the uh, idea, you know, I'm going to go do something more with nature now, and that sounds like a nice place to go and enjoy and smell the fragrance of, the, of no pollution. Uh, now, you have 48 miles of streams. Tell us about your streams. Uh, there are, not only are there, uh, the, the streams are kind of, they're mountain streams. Uh-huh. And uh, they are, are populated with uh, Bonneville cutthroat trout, brown trout. Now, can you fish for those? You can fish. You can, and then are, you, are, are you able to keep them if you, when you fish? The, you can take them as well. Okay. You need a, a local fishing, uh, Nevada fishing license. Uh-huh. And I have to tell you that right now my, my wife's 11 fish up on me. Oh. <laughs> okay. And who does the cooking, though? Well, she does. Okay. And, and, and uh, they're, they're great tasting, I, I tell you. They're, oh, there's nothing more delicious than a cold stream trout. <laughs> right, right. So then you have 400-plus springs in the south of the Snake Range. Tell us about the spring. Well, the springs are, some of them are large enough that you can actually see fish down in the spring. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, and some of them are just little uh, springs that uh, put out a nice little stream coming down the mountainside. Uh-huh. Of course, this time of year, some of them have uh, retreated because it's starting to dry up and we're, we're waiting for the snows to replenish mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. recharge. But uh, it's, it's kind of very typical of uh, Nevada mountains. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you stand down in Baker and you look up into the Snake Valley Range, uh, you think, well, it's, it looks okay, but it's when you, you get up into the range itself, up into the park, you see what magic there is up here because the, the trees and the, the streams, the campgrounds. Oh, it's, how delicious. It's Just wonderful. delicious. Uh, and, oh, I forgot to ask you, one of my favorite things, the children. Do you have a particular program for children at your park? Uh, during the summertime, we uh, run a, a number of uh, children's programs. We have our uh, junior ranger program. It's mm-hmm. very popular. After. We do uh, the public lands day where we invite school kids out to help us maintain and, and uh, work on the public lands. And, oh, and, wonderful. Uh, everybody enjoyed that. We had about 100 people show up at our most recent one, uh-huh. which for this part of the country is quite a few. Now, is there a summer camp where kids could come and camp? Uh, they come as a summer camp and stay overnight with a group of kids, or is it just come and go type of 
No, it's more family-oriented. Okay. At this point, we would like to expand to something like that. But oh, we, wouldn't that be wonderful? We haven't done that just yet. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave our guests around the world uh, to know about your park that might be unique before we go? Well, I would just say that um, we're a long ways off the beaten path. We're probably four and a half hours from Las Vegas. We're a good uh, three and a half hours to four hours from Salt Lake City. But the, it's very worthwhile to come out and see this national park. It was only created in 1986 as a national oh. park. And so it's very young as parks go. And consequently, you can have a whole stretches of trail to yourself. Mm. Uh, there is abundant wildlife. We have elk and deer and desert bighorn and ber- the that. bird life and the, the flowers are just gorgeous. Oh, I bet. Oh, how beautiful. Well, thank you, Andy, for your what you're doing there. And uh, no one should ever take for granted our forest service, our park rangers, and people like yourself, what you're doing to make this earth a better place to be and go and visit. I want to thank you. Have a nice day, and be sure and tell everybody we said hello. Well, I thank you very much. As you were told, I'm sitting in southern Oregon talking to you today in the mountains. I just appreciate that you would give me such a call and an opportunity to share the park with you. Thank you. You have a nice day. Thank you. Bye. Well, wasn't that fun? You know, t- talking about the Marta Dimes and the wonderful organization that they are, and and they they started so long ago, thinking about what was best for the health of the mother and the baby. And we hope you daddies out there listening think about that too. It is very important for men and daddies, and the men in the world, to think about how important it is to take care of your the mother before the baby is born, and then take care of the baby and the mother. Take it serious. Um, you know, it, it, it's called, you have to be part of this too. And, and I will share with you, that is the key to a very successful child and baby, is you, Daddy, also get involved. Uh, we had Andy Ferguson from Baker, Nevada today. I want to thank Andy for joining us from the Great Basin National Park in Nevada. And I want to thank today Sarah Seals who is the director of our shows, uh, making sure that we have these wonderful people with these experiences to listen to and be educated with. And her assistant is Bonnie Mark. The two of them make it all possible for us to have the power of water, global warming, and your health, this wonderful show to go worldwide. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye and leave your footprint for others for eternity. Have a nice day and thank you for listening. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio.